Hello and you're very welcome to the book club at Leitrim Daily. My name is Mary Blake and this is our first book to be discussing in the Leitrim Daily book club and I have with me today Hilda King. How are you Hilda? Hi Mary. And Orla Kelly from the reading room. Hi Mary. Good. Now you'll notice we have a bit of a delay. We have the same problem as everybody in the country has. We can't be in the same room to have this chat. So we are all on our devices, our laptops, our phones, and we're all in our own, the safety of our own houses. So forgive us if things are a little bit technically um, sound a little bit unusual. We'll do our best. But we thought it was important to get this book club, get this book club out, because I know a lot of you have been reading along with us. Kevin McManus is not in the room. He had technical difficulties, so he gave us his opinions on the book and we will listen to that in the course of the show. But I'll start anyway by handing you over to Orla and Orla's going to give us a bit of an overview on this book. The book is called The Thursday Murder Club by Richard Osman. Orla. Thanks, Mary. Um, well, The Thursday Murder Club is... Uh, set in a retirement village in England. Um, it's contemporary um, and it's based around this whole idea that uh, people are independently living within this nice area and one of their hobbies is what they do because they're all retired um, is that they meet every Thursday to go over uh, cold cases, uh, old murders to see if they can solve them. And then as the, I suppose not too long into the book, uh, a murder takes place and they set about trying to find this out or who who solved or who did it sorry um, and then it just evolves and then there's another murder and then there is a cold case or two so there's a little bit there's a lot going on so that's really what it is great so why did you pick this particular book for our first book club well because it was our first book club and you don't know people's taste or a uh, feeling for it so I wanted to go with something that's just um, an easy starter for 10. It uh, wouldn't be too highbrow, lowbrow, um, hard or you know or challenging because you just have to get a, a nice overview. I mean I said at the time when we were talking about it, that it would be an easy, and Kevin described it as cosy before he'd read it, that, that it's kind of Agatha Christie-ish modern. So um, yeah, it's just something nice and easy, just as a starter for 10. And come here, Hilda, what did you think of the book? Well, um, this is a book club, and a book club makes you read what you mightn't like to read. <laughs> and that was a challenge for me, I'll have to say. The book I found was very light, but it was very long. Um, the best thing I could say about the book that Osman put senior citizens in the in centre stage and their intelligence and their experience in solving this murder. And that is the best thing I can say about the book. Uh, Elizabeth, one of the main protagonists, she's there's four in the murder club. Elizabeth leads the show and she says something like, at a certain age, you can do whatever you fancy no one tells you off except children or doctors. And they take, <laughs> take, that, they take that to the last. Um, so you have, in the first part of the book, you have Elizabeth um, ingratiating herself with the local police um, and Joyce being her accomplice. And Joyce really is a distraction, much more or less throughout the book, with uh, her cakes and her lemon drizzle and 
type of comments uh, Joyce would make would be, oh, that must have happened on a Monday because we had shepherd's pie. Or, you know, somebody saw a suspect because the afternoon TV show started at three. So that was the sort of light humour uh, Osmond threw throughout the book. The second half of the book, I thought, um, was, had far too many characters with a lot of backstories. Um, there was a few bits I have to point out that I did enjoy. I thought the scene where the Thursday Club bring Detective Hudson and um, his uh, Chris, uh, no, Donna, in Donna. to have, yeah, have tea with him. And they put him in a very awkward uh, tight settee with two either side of him. And he is scalding hot tea on the saucer and he's sweating and he can't do anything about it because he feels he has to be polite. And they end up... Um, more or less finding out from them that there are suspects. It, it, interesting things you brought up there because I felt that as well about it. it it's not often we see retired people front and centre in a contemporary um, book. And I thought that that was the big quality of this, of this piece of writing. Uh, but I thought there was almost a, a bang after the famous five about it. Absolutely. I agree with you totally. I couldn't help but think the same thing. You just expected the same um, reactions. And Ibrahim and Ron were sort of her, um, Joyce, well, not so much Joyce, but Ibrahim and Ron were her dog's bodies. You know, you do this and I do that. And we come back together and have a little chat about it. And that's that's the way the book panned out. Um, there was a lot of drinking cake, drinking wine and having cake as well, which, you know, lent itself to the whole lightness of the book. I thought that was, um, it, it was very British, wasn't it? Very English. Very English, yeah. I yeah. really um, felt it was. And uh, like that, the unlikely sleuth, I suppose, uh, you know, it, 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 you know, I, I suppose, where would you not expect people to be solving murders? It would be in this community, I suppose. So nice that it dropped it into an unusual setting. And the setting was very nice and it was very attractive actually I thought the location of it. No I think you're right I think it's the it's the what I think was that it was really about that the, the older people were centre and that they were we normally sort of dismiss either young people or older people for not having you know for not validating their opinion and I think he really made them very visible um, and I thought that was wonderful and their characteristics even though they weren't fully formed 3D characters I thought because there's some elements of caricature as you point out but it still felt that they felt valuable and what they had to say felt valuable and even when he was inserting little bits of humour or you know about uh, what, what I think Ron called Donna once um, you're, you're something about dear and she said you can't call me dear and he went oh sorry love you know there's little sort of PC elements through it I thought were just quite nice it's quite light humour but it was overly complicated as the second half of the book as you say but charming. There was something quite charming about it and um, yes. about the characters. And all, it showed that the older people, they were still the same personality types that they probably were. They, you know, they kept their, their, their characters very nicely. I thought Elizabeth a little bit of a head girl, wasn't she? She was a bit of a... Absolutely. But, but, but she was a bit bossy. What did you she think? She was of bossy. That? She was bossy mm. and businesslike, and I mean, if yeah, I suppose you know some of it. I sort of felt 
um, he was tongue in cheek about a lot of it. Uh, he, she pulled in favours because she had obviously got a police background and things like that. But yeah, her she was business like about it. Joyce Joyce's character was the other end of it. She was all. I mean, the last line of the book is something about I must put in my my um, apple crumble now. You know, H having have a, he um, Osman having gone through horrible deaths recording different deaths in the community you know I don't want to give away some of the spoilers there but um she was yeah she was she totally enjoyed herself and um I think the start of the second the second uh, part of the book she starts off saying we've all we've all been party to this murder isn't it wonderful <laughs> you know this she thought this was delightful which meant oh more investigation I love investigation you know but I suppose the characters uh, the people that died uh, in the recent weren't likable per se. So there was an element of cartoonish, cartoonish um, bit to them. So you didn't really feel too bad that they were gone. So that was the element of cosy that I suppose that you didn't really mind. Oh, well, OK, he's, you know, I won't again say who it was. But so you're not as invested in those characters or you care for them because they weren't very nice. So they were doing that kind of easier, I thought. Because that's another thing that you brought up there. There was a lot of characters coming at you, a yeah. lot, and and a lot of different weaving um, mysteries throughout that were unrelated. And you're wondering, is this all going to tie up, or is it not? And I don't know if that was terribly necessary. What mm. did you think, Hilda? I think I think he diluted his whole book by bringing in. I think I counted something like. 11 characters really given us lots of bits of information about 11 characters um and he just he tied up the ends all you know very nicely towards the end he just slid them off the table gone you know and it just it 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 took away from his book i think the first half was setting it up better but um he, he just i think he probably got excited <laughs> as an author and had too many ideas and he this publisher's should have really held him back and you know he, when you turn over the last page it it says you know thursday murder mystery club part two or book two you know so he's already bursting with stuff but definitely yeah. diluted it because he had too many um too many characters, characters. do you agree orla yeah. that there were too many characters yeah, I do. I think it was it was overcomplicated uh, because once you're getting used to you have to try and remember them in the early part when the two there's quick two murders in quick succession and you get there and you're with them. But when the cold cases started to come in and there was thread here and a thread here, it was supposed to be this. I, I did get confused with that and I did feel it was unnecessary. However, um, he did a lot of Agatha Christie to it. He withheld a lot of information from us um, and also pointed the finger at everybody, which I think is, um, it is a, a homage to, I would say, to Agatha Christie. But again, for me, it wasn't actually about the plot. I actually thought the characters really rose up about it. The incidentals, I can't remember the character, what's the name of the guy who used to sit on the seat because of his wife. Bur his wife had died. Bernard. I thought that was quite a nice, lonely, you know, human story. I think for me, that's why I, I liked this book. I, like it wouldn't be something I certainly wouldn't be reading book two. But that's why I liked it, because I thought the characters were just endearing and very real. They were coloured. They were fully formed in a way that we don't allow older people, I think, sometimes to be. Do you think it was sentimental? 
do you think it was romantic about about life as an old person or quite realistic? I think it was sentimental about life as an old person as long as you have money. I think it was there was a very privileged element to that um, because they're all independently living in their, their own apartments and until they fall sick, then they move into the adjacent, I suppose, nursing home facility to mind them. So it is a very privileged existence. Um, and you have to you have to park that at the door. I know this. There's a, certain, there's a few tokenisms going on. Um, but yeah, so from that perspective, yeah. Um, I, I thought he brought in a lot of dark elements, really. Like, as far as I, I suppose I have to be careful about spoilers again. But, you know, that uh, character you mentioned, Bernard, had a dark end ending and um, um, she had this Penny and John. John. It's hard to remember. Yeah. And they were sort of there like a backdrop all the time. It was a strange sort of... Um, so can you tell us about, uh, Hilda, tell us about a little bit about the setting for Penny and John so the audience well, can hear. Yeah, it was interesting that Osmond used this as a as sort of a backdrop to the to to the story. But uh, John sat by Penny's bedside every day. She seemed to be an ex police uh, woman detective. I don't know. Um, she was had a stroke and she was unconscious. And he talked to her. And um, Elizabeth came had great regard for her and came to visit her every day. But it wasn't very clear what the author was trying to do here, you know, because John sat silently by the bed every day when Elizabeth told what had been happening in their investigations. But, mm. uh, uh, you yeah. know, you can't, again, towards the end of the story, that un unfolds as to why um, oh, that happened. Mm. And, and do you think Osmond put in the character of Penny just to temper that... Um, Enid Blyton's vibe a little bit to put a little bit of realism and reality into it. It was actually quite a puzzle to me why he put her in. I really didn't see the purpose of her at all. And she even said at one stage, oh, uh, PC Defritus, you must come and meet Penny. And I thought, what? That's, a, you know, what's the purpose mm. of that? So, yeah, I was puzzled by the, that whole, was a bit of a blank to me. I didn't see what the purpose of it was. Um, mm -hmm. It, yeah. it, it ties into his final story. He 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 weaves it into the murder scenes, but hmm. uh, and he, and even as we say murder, I mean I don't want people out there thinking it's grisly and if you don't like murder or anything like that, it was uh, as you say a cozy murder. It wasn't. There was nothing grisly, and I suppose even in in discoveries they made because they were so old or the story the murders were old or the or the people who were murdered weren't likable it somehow was easier for us to accept them um i i, I actually thought uh, the best part for um of the of the book was when he described um Gianni and following him up in Cyprus. I thought he was clever about that. The whole trail he laid. He laid. If that was, um, if if I was going to say a proper murder mystery, but you know that was the essence of it. You know he had a good that the way it's revealed in the end with Bogdan. I mean we didn't even mention Bogdan. He was another character who came in very strongly at the end. 
Um, mm. It's like a horse race here. Who comes in strongly at the end? Yeah, and I um, think that's the thing with murder mysteries. I, I, I don't read a lot of murder mysteries, but when I do, I kind of spoil it, spoil it for myself because I'm saying, oh, it was her. Oh, no, it was him. Oh, it was her. And, and it distracts me and all these characters coming in. I suppose that's why he introduced so many characters so that the spotlight wasn't just on one or two suspects that you're yeah. kind of thinking, actually... A lot of these people could have had motives or there could be a reason. So um, I think now that we've got a little overview from ourselves, we'll hear what Kevin had to say about it. Good, yeah, be good to hear from a crime writer. I found this book okay. It just wasn't for me, though. It's a cosy mystery. It sort of reminded me of afternoon TV crime programmes, kind of thing like the Father Brown Mysteries. Miss Marple, Midsummer Murders, Murder, She Wrote, that sort of thing. It was all a bit too nice and soft and gentle and, and twee. It's set in a retirement village in England and was kind of divorced from reality with its gently rolling hills and sunny summers, village fairs. It was very middle class, with tea and apple pie in the garden. The villains were loud and brash and vulgar, in the eyes of the central characters. And the characters in general were cliched, very predictable. The book was a struggle to read. There was 115 chapters, all short chapters, which meant, you know, it was stop-start all the time. Couldn't really pick up a flow to it. 377 pages. Chapters didn't flow or follow on, as I said. So the beginning of each chapter, I was wondering, where am I now? Which I found made it a difficult read. Each chapter often follows a different character, and therefore the language and tone of the chapter takes on some of the personality of that character. So again, that affected the whole movement of the piece, and it was stop-start all the time, and it just became confusing and, and annoying. And overall, there were too many characters in the book. You know, there's four central characters, but then there's, overall, there's about roughly 20 characters in the book. Uh, and I think, you know, every time a new character was mentioned, you had to stop and think and try and remember who that person is and how they fitted into the story. And overall, the story moved slowly and the plot was overly complicated, kind of trying to be too clever and not really achieving anything. And it lacked clarity. And the climax, when it came eventually, was actually dull and an anticlimax. The entire book could have been edited down to half of its length. There was far too much waffling about backstory and totally unnecessary information about what the central characters, for example, were eating for lunch or what cafe they were in. Or It all made reading and trying to maintain interest a real chore. In your head, you were just saying... Just get on with the story. I expected a lot more laughs from Richard Osman from watching him on TV programs, but the humour was much too safe and gentle. It lacked wit. And in general, again, it was all just too cosy in an English rose garden sort of humour. It could have been so much better. I like the premise of setting it in a retirement community and that the central characters, Elizabeth, Joyce, Ibrahim and Ron, we're all in their 70s, and it tells us that these people are still alive and kicking and very capable of living their lives to the full. So that's a good original starting point, but it kind of fell flat after that. 
Now, I must admit that I'm probably in a minority with my views on this book because it's a bestseller across the world and Steven Spielberg is going to make it into a film. But it wasn't just for me. I prefer crime novels with a lot more excitement, atmosphere and pace to them. But look, if you're into cosy mysteries, perhaps this is for you. But it's it's not my, my type of book. I probably would give it three out of five stars. Thank you. Well, that was an interesting review. What do you think, Orla? It's hard to disagree with them on a lot of it because I think we've, we've covered that and certainly we would have said a lot of that. But what I would say um, is that, again, I just go back to some of the relationships. I was just thinking about um, Elizabeth and Penny or Joyce and her daughter. It, this book is, as I said, there's probably too much in it. Again, we said too many characters, but I think the 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 nice, the, the detail is in the relationships, like Joyce and her daughter, like trying to establish, you know, saying to your daughter, you're going to a vegan uh, coffee shop, is that whole sense of trying to make a connection with your child. And, you know, just little things that Bernard with his wife or maybe Elizabeth and Penny. Yeah, I struggled to see what was the point of that, but I thought maybe it's that sense of friendship, that longevity, that need, um, just how it affects you and um, just being friends and when somebody is ill so I think there was a lot in there but he probably threw much in through too much in at it um, and mm. therefore it diluted the whole point of, of some of the mm, stuff. I see. What did you think Hilda of Kevin's review do you think it was fair? Absolutely yeah he's spot on as far as I'm concerned I did think it was a stop stop start read um, it was too complex. It was too long, as I said myself. Yeah, I agreed with him nearly everything he said. And I would also say, if I was to pick up a crime novel, I would like it to be to have be intense and hold my attention and want me to, to turn the page. And that's what I would like to read. This, uh, it didn't do that, and it didn't set out to do it. But it was, you know, it was sort of between the two. It was trying to be humorous and at the same time have a murder plot going on. No gory mm. details or anything like that. So I don't know. I just felt Osman was probably knew his target audience, and off he went, you know. And he, as Kevin said, he's in the in the best sellers list, and you can see the film. You can see it as you read the book. Sorry. It has been it has been optioned as he as Kevin said okay. by Steven Spielberg. Oh, I, yeah. So yeah, I really, I'd say Richard Osman doesn't care too much what um, the book club at Leitrim Daily think of him when he has that. And from looking at other reviews, I mean, people love this book. So there is yeah. something warm and engaging about it, and uh, I think that really has to be down to just those those characters, those um, motherly or, or grandmotherly characters. Um, the fact that Joyce um, is writing in the present tense and she's writing in a kind of a journal format, that kind of feels a bit clunky sometimes because she's repeating what we've just read and she's given her point of view. Orla, do you think that was a good idea? Did that make it easier for you or did you find it repetitive? Well, I found that it threw me out of the story because you, you, as Kevin said, you have to switch as to who you're, who you're with now, and sometimes that worked and sometimes it didn't. Um, also, the the short chapters. I'm not a fan of short chapters. Um, it feels too statical. Um, but in terms of Joyce, I don't mind. I didn't mind Joyce's first, uh, first hand. But again, the switch just—it was more the switch that I, um, that I struggled with. To be honest, the the constant mm. movement of it. But yeah, 
you know. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't mention another character, Red Ron. What do you think of him? <laughs> yeah. He he was uh, he was a bit I, I enjoyed him a bit better you know because he was a he was brash and he was an ex trade union um, mirrored on Scargate or something and yeah. um, he uh, uh, he was he came out there with it and he liked the limelight and he took opportunities and that quote that you uh, said Orla about him asking the policewoman could he call her Donna and she's saying yes but not love and he says okay sweetheart I mean that just epitomized him he was mm. flip-flops and shorts and tattoos and you know he was all out there so he was a bit I enjoyed him actually but he, he was he, a bit of a hard man yeah yeah he wasn't that um, deeply scripted though you know he was probably the third most uh, vocal in the group and Abraham was quiet then. He was very dutiful and respectful and liked to be uh, useful. I was just thinking about Ron and I, I to be honest, of, of the four, Elizabeth was the one that I thought was the biggest caricature because you're trying to make her out to be some sort of, he was trying to make her out to be some sort of secret agent. And I thought she lacked the most uh, depth, I think probably maybe over the next book books because we have to assume he's not just going to go to book two he'll do a few um he might bring out some of the, like ibrahim was a bit of a shadow character yes you knew who he was but she did, he never really got into the whole sort of detail of him but elizabeth it, it just felt a little bit fantastical that she was able to do this and people were able to um fall into line and she had all this information and you know kind of secret kind of like john le Carre's spy mm -hmm. um which was fine but i i felt he presented her in a caricature way whereas that's what probably i liked Maybe jo I didn't mind Joyce so much because it felt fuller. She felt a fuller person, a, fu a fuller woman in, in that kind of a unusual way. But um, yeah. I suppose for me, Orla, when you're talking about um, Elizabeth, um, the whole premise of the book of four people in a retirement village solving or attempting to solve a murder, I sort of thought, oh, come on, you know. <laughs> This, this, I, I don't believe this. And then I thought, look, Hilda, put that aside. Mm -hmm. This is a book you're going reading and you're, and, you know, get on with the book. And once I dealt with my um, disbelief, uh, I was okay. I sort of, you know, fiction is fiction and you can get on with it. But it sort of it did nag me a bit the whole way through. And I didn't think it did the book a lot of favours, but the authors have um, the, mm. the authority to do that. I okay. do think the best thing about this book, though, because it is the um, positioning of these retired people. I think I think it's a, it's about time we stop just having grannies and great old aunts representing the older people in our community. It's about time they were sassy and they fancied people, and they had all, they were still the same. Like Red Ron was still a bit of a flipping wide boy and Elizabeth was still a bit bossy and you just imagine she was always like that and I think especially now when we talk about cocooning people and old people and all the rest I mean it's so worthwhile to remember that these are the same personalities as they were when they were 20 and 30 and 40 and okay maybe they're a bit um, maybe things don't work the same way but but their their personalities are the same so I think that was the real um the, the, I think that was the highlight of the book for me yeah, same for me. I that that was a big thing for me. I just thought it was lovely. They were they were in Technicolor because, as I said before, you, you tend to 
you know, just automatically maybe forget that they've had lives, that they've had experiences, they've had jobs and families and, and wonderful stories to tell if you take the time to listen. And I think that's, um, I think that was, for me, that was the reason why I liked this. I would defend this book because of that. Uh, another author actually that does that really well is Kent Haroof. Um, I don't know if you've read that book, Our Souls at Night. I think you might've read that, Hilda, have you? It's a really did, nice yeah. book. Yeah, I think that's a lovely book because, again, it's placing people in their late 60s, early 70s at the centre of it and their relationship, their relationship to each other, their relationship to their families. Now, it, it's not at all in the same power as this one. It's, it's you know, about 10 levels higher, but it's still, it's lovely to read about people and it's at, of an older age group. That, for me, again, I agree, Mary, was the highlight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What will you take uh, away from this book, Hilda? Oh, that's a hard question. <laughs> um, I liked, uh, yes, I liked that, that uh, you know, I kept the fact that these four uh, retired people outfoxed the police. And despite it being uh, fictional and a bit light and all that, that was sort of uh, every time they, they got ahead of the police and what by whatever means. And even though she had dug up bodies and did all sorts of inane things. I liked that aspect that uh, we were getting that message that uh, these four people had all this experience and all this intelligence and they could bring it to bear. And in fact, if anything, Osman comes out for me good on that front that he he allowed these people the voice that they have and to show them. Will you read book two, Hilda? No, Mary, no. Will you, Orla? No. No. I don't think Kevin will, and I don't think I will. No, now we may no. have we, we may have Brefney hovering around there in um he's he's editing this, and I I know he's read the book, and I'd just be interested to know what he thought of it, Brefney. Yeah, I finished the book. Uh, I didn't enjoy it, and I think listening to you for the last half hour or so, I think I agree with pretty much everything that that you've said. There were some bits I did like, and again, the relationships and places were really nice. I did like that idea of the, the Cypress trip and the red herring, for, for want of a better word, that, that became and how that kind of re resolved itself. I did like that aspect of it. I was also caught a little bit off guard, maybe by you mentioned the two early murders. I was caught a little bit off guard by the second one. Didn't see that coming at all. Although in hindsight, I probably should have. And it was just, it was one of those things. I think it was, I think Hilda, you said that Osman knew his audience and I know my dad is a big fan of, of Pointless. He sits and watches it every day, as does a lot of people of his generation. And I think uh, they also are heavy readers. They've also got a bit of money and they'll quite happily get the next book when it comes out and they'll enjoy it because they'll imagine themselves going around taking on the police and beating them. And I think uh, he knew his audience. He had his agenda there, as a couple of you said, he had a, you could see the movie, you could see the rolling hills and the, the graveyard up on the hilltop and, and you could picture the whole thing in your, in your mind's eye as you went along, but um, not a great book. Wouldn't be bothered with the sequel, but funny enough, I'd probably watch the movie. Hmm, I think I, interesting. I think, I'm wondering, I, I see Kevin marked, give it stars out of five. What would you give it, Breffney? Um, or is that cruel? Yeah, uh, I think I expected better. I expected better, and I think it'd be somewhere around two and a half, maybe. Uh, just maybe, just not quite three. Three seems a little bit too generous. About two and a half stars, maybe. Orla, do you give stars to books, or is that just me? 
I, I don't tend to know because I find I know I don't. But um, if you're asking me to, I will. Um, I hadn't thought about that. Uh, I'd probably give it a three because it, it was the relationships, um, the individual relationships, and also again the as we've said several times, the centering of older people um, as main characters. For me, that was the winner. Hilda. Yeah, I'm afraid I'd go for a two. <laughs> because yeah. uh he made me work that, to read that book and um mm. you know it was it was long um and mm. yeah i mean his two he gets two because he was so positive about senior citizens yeah but after that <laughs> it, it was really um hard work really um I, I, orla oh, i was gonna say what did, what would you give it mary I'd say two and a half, two. You, I, I couldn't say it was badly written. I mean, he can write. He can clearly write. Um, but it was a bit meandering and a little bit, um, a lot of threads coming out that you just thought could have been tidied up. I was going to say, just because obviously uh, we're all readers. So, I mean, did you read anything else this month that would have been, because uh, that was a, it was a, it was a long read, but it was a quick read too. You know what I mean? It's not, it wasn't taxing. Did you read anything? Yes. Oh, yeah. Value um, well, I just, in fact, I read the Thursday Murder Club maybe too soon because I really had to re-read it so much to, to remember all the ins and outs of it for the yeah. podcast but um i in between since i finished the murder club i read uh, where the crawdads sing by delia mm -hmm. owns which is in the bestsellers as well but my goodness it's a, a far superior book if you were to compare them and it's also a first book as far as i know that's uh, osmond's first novel and delia owns first novel but yeah no it's it's a it's a very um, engaging book and you would want to keep reading it and it's a great story it's a fine book and it's a book that is being made into a film, I think, at the moment. Um, that woman from Normal People, that actor from Normal People, has actually got the main part in, in okay. that, in the, where the crowd had sing. So that would be really worth watching oh. out for. Beautiful, um, beautifully set as well. I think that can sometimes be the attraction. Brefney, yeah. are you reading anything else at the moment? Well, funny enough, I actually took a long break from reading, so I'm loving the book club coming back. And since it's come back, I've actually read two books. The first two books I've read probably in about four years. Uh, that's the danger of writing a book. You kind of fall out of love with reading. You read so much. I read Champagne Football. Uh, probably not for anything in front of you, but it has been top of the bestseller list for the last uh, four to six weeks. And uh, I know the author. I went to college with Mark Ty and... Uh, I know a lot of the people involved and I'm involved in football. So I know a lot of people who are mentioned in the book and interviewed in the book and no surprises really, uh, other than the sheer scale and audacity of a few people who are in charge of Irish football. So would you recommend that, Brefney, to non-football fans or do you think you got to know your football? Um, it, it helps if you know your football, but you don't need to know your football. Uh, politics as much as anything else. Um, I don't read, I, I, don't, I don't follow football, but I actually also read that book as well. Um, champagne football oh my god i i read it with my mouth open it was shocking it's shocking yeah. i think actually people everybody should read it because you'll know the players and uh, the main players within it the names are all going to be familiar you won't necessarily know the hierarchy but my god it's astounding <laughs> it, it i thought one of the lines that comes at the end of the book was really brilliant it just said that um delaney's relationship with reality is just not there and I thought, yeah, that's true. That's it's amazing. Shocking oh. stuff. 
I have a few books on the go at the moment as well. Uh, I, I I don't know. I have a habit of half reading books and starting a book and then saying, I'll read that in bed and I'll read this during the day. I'm reading a play at the moment, The Beauty Queen of Lenan by Martin McDonough. I've started reading a good bit, a good few plays at the moment. And I just love his writing. I And I, sometimes I just love reading a play because it takes out all the other stuff. You're just looking at the dialogue and his writing is amazing. It's kind of a bit of sing in there, but he he really understands um, the West of Ireland and I love his plays. So I just thought I'd read that play. So I've read that at the moment. Martin, Ma uh, Michael Harding's book I have on the go as well at the moment, which is lovely to read. We're hoping to get him in here and have a chat. Um, so yes, and Seamus O'Rourke's book. Oh, lads. So that's great, Crack. <laughs> that's, uh, and it's a, Seamus O'Rourke's book is a book that you can um, really pick up and read a chapter on its own. Uh, even that is a little bit of refreshment. So I'm enjoying that as well. So, yes. Any other um, local writers, actually, Orla, I meant to ask you. Any other local books out? Um, not since we last spoke. There's a few. I know okay. Kevin is just, Kevin is publishing his book of poetry um, this week. But mm -hmm. uh, not uh, not that not not off the top of my head. There was a new yeah. drum shambo. The new drum shambo parish book is out actually. Okay. Um, th yeah, that came out in the middle of October. So I think that's okay. just the, the most up to date one. Yeah. And are you stocking yeah. that yourself, Orla? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's okay. a ten, it's ten it's ten euro. Obviously, I'm closed at the moment with the level five restrictions. Um, but you can order online. Um, or call the shop I'm there most days anyway so we can sort you okay. out if you want to click collect or I'll deliver a poster to you so brilliant brilliant so that's the local books I suppose in the area um Kevin's book there's another um poetry book Carrie Gallen Kevin Patrick oh so yeah that's another yeah lovely Sorry. lovely writer yeah so he has this book out at the moment and I think he is um selling that locally or he, you can get him on Facebook and he'll, he'll send it to you. Um, Hilda, had you something else there? No, Any no, other just, when you mentioned that, uh, that I read it in the Observer there today about that other author in, um, in, uh, in Carrigallan. Carrigallan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. So, Carrigallan is producing, it's punching above its weight now. That's three current yeah. writers working, yeah. their, getting their stuff out. It's brilliant. Brilliant. Leitrim so, is getting very cultural. Leitrim is. Yeah. 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 Lot of very writers. Great. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's great to see. And it's a tough gig, isn't it? To get your book oh, out. God, yeah. It's hard work. So come here. I think we need to know what's on our book list for next month, Orla. Yes. So the book that I've chosen for next month is completely different to the one that we've just read. And it's called 10 Minutes, 38 Seconds in This Strange World. And by it's by Elif Shafak. Um, and it's the story of a sex worker. And she's just been brutally murdered. And we meet her in the last 10 minutes and 30 se 38 seconds of this world. And um, Elif Shafak did a research and found that once, when the body dies, um, when the heart is gone, once it stops beating, you have ten, you still have 10 minutes of memory within. So she's living her life. We are visiting her life with her for the last 10 minutes and 38 seconds of her life. It's about Turkey, Istanbul, history, women, 
um, outsiders, others. Um, it's, it's about a lot of things. So it's <laughs> as far from cozy as you're going to get. So it's uh, a genre, would you call it a murder mystery or would you call it more, no, not particularly? It's, no, no, I wouldn't call it murder mystery at all. No, no, not at all. I mean, she's dead. We meet her when she's dead. Um, it's, ah. I would say, literary, probably lit, uh, of the literary genre. So. Okay. Wow. And has he written, have we had anything from him before, Orla? Well, she, it's a she, actually. She? Yeah, she, okay. She's a Turkish writer, so she's written The Bastard of Istanbul, Three Daughters of Eve. She writes a lot about um, where she's from. And actually, she's, um, she's banned really in Turkey because she's a feminist. Um, she writes about um, things that they don't think are appropriate. This book particularly got her, this book is particularly banned in Turkey because she's writing about um, the others, different people's lives, um, trans people, um, sex workers, all of that sort of stuff. So she's she's a very interesting writer in those terms. She's also she's a very brave, extremely brave because she's she's it's a threat of life for her so yeah, yeah are you familiar great. with her work Hilda I I, uh, I have read that book already <laughs> okay so I'll be rereading it um, Good. yeah no yeah no very interesting and it just okay. so happens that I made a, a trip to Turkey last year um, and you know so it, it it's it's great if you have been there and you can identify with what she's talking about yeah yeah, no, yeah. Oh, that's good. I'm looking forward to that now. Yeah, yeah. that's that's certainly a, a a contrast to what we've just read. Very it's, big. It's a it's a huge contrast. Yeah, because I mean it's, it's hard to pick them. So yeah. So guys, thank you very much, and thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next month where we will discuss ten minutes thirty eight seconds. I'm intrigued. It sounds brilliant. So thanks for listening, and a very good evening. <laughs>